You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Film Frequency Podcast. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I'm my brother, the prodigal one, Mr. JB, is in the building. What's going on, bro? What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, film family? Back at it again with another episode of Film Frequency. Get into the zombies this week. Yes, yes, yes. Can't wait to talk about this movie. But beforehand, uh, we got a couple of pieces of news. The biggest one that I think that we have to talk about is the passing of Sean Connery. Um, Sean Connery, who is the best James Bond for a lot of people, for especially a generation. Uh, Indiana Jones' father. The the roles are numerous uh, that we can mention for Sean Connery. Uh, but what did, where were you when you heard about the passing? I, I don't know if you want to talk about maybe a favorite role of his or not or or whatever, but uh, just an unfortunate thing to lose such a great. He's been retired. I don't think he's been in the movie since League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was like 20 years ago at this point. But what do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, definitely an icon, a legend. Um, you know, Sean Connery. I mean, the, it's it's James Bond. You know, when you think of J- Sean Connery, you, you think of James Bond. You know, um, I think that was his most, for me at least, his most successful role. And um, yeah, man, twenty twenty is taking a lot of big names, and unfortunately, Sean Connery is another one. But definitely go down as you know, an icon, as I mentioned. Definitely. Um... Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. He is one of the greats, uh, period. You can't take that away from him. Some of the best one-liners ever. And they weren't even set out to be one-liners. But when you think of, like, um, I can't even remember the movie in it, but the line is uh, uh, some people, damn it, what was it? Some people are afraid to ask a girl out, and some people fuck the prom queen. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, like, it, Sean Connery's just great, man. Uh, and, yeah, it's unfortunate, but we're at that age now, JB, where me and you are getting into we're, we're going to be pushing 40 here soon. I'm getting to my mid-30s. Um, and just a lot of the legends from, like, us being kids are going to start – we're losing more and more of them, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I was thinking about the other day, and I'm I'm thinking, like, man, I'm about to hit – you know, I'm, I'll be 38 in a couple months – and, you know, right around the corner from 40. And then once you get to that age, a lot of the people that were our age now when we were growing up, they're unfortunately going to be, you know, they're they're like at the latter half of their life. Exactly. So it's like I say within the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to see a lot of, of people we grew up with dying, not only in in entertainment in terms of movies, but um, sports, you know, sports people, people in, in just all different genres of life that we knew as children growing up. Um, that goes for even, you know, not to be freaking dark or anything, but even our own family members and just so much different. So it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's one thing that makes the um, getting into the 40 range. Um, I'll be 30, 34 next month. Um, but getting as you get closer to that, you just start losing the people who were elders for you. And now we're becoming the elders, right? Which I was is about funny. To say, yeah. Like, um, so it's 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 crazy, like a transition in life. But you know, I, I mean, not to make it about us and talking about Sean Connery, right. but you know, it, it it does suck. It does suck. And another person that we lost, while not necessarily in in TV or film, well, he was on TV forever. But in Alex some Trebek, people's eyes, he was bigger. Yeah. Alex Trebek, we lost Alex Trebek, and that's like, bro, watching Jeopardy with my mom was like one of those things. It was just like you, you just always expected Alex Trebek to like always be on TV and on Jeopardy. Like the fact that he's 
passed away is it it sucks man it just sucks yeah you know we talk a lot about being kids and like uh you know things we're used to uh, bro, from bro for me 7 to 730 jeopardy 730 to 8 uh wheel of fortune that was like that was like the time slot right there yeah. for uh, when i was growing up you know in new york that was that that slot and uh yeah it's gonna be weird uh without alex trebek i know you know he had pancreatic cancer and um that dude fought though man he fought he was they gave him up a long ass time ago and he continued to fight so yeah yeah and and continue to host jeopardy which is fucking crazy yeah 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 um but uh a couple of pieces of other news just just hopping off that you know rest in peace to to those two uh, people who are huge in our in our lives and childhood and, and to their families as well. Um, but moving in to other news, we have uh, we're in this weird period, bro. We're like most of the news right now is shit being canceled and pushed back. Right. And one of those movies that That's I know all it is. I, exactly one of those movies that I know me and you both were kind of excited about. I believe you I believe you were the one who originally brought it up to me. Uh Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I read about that today. Completely yeah. taken off the schedule, which uh, sucks. What I think that that means is that it's probably going to be released because that's a Disney movie, right? I believe so. so it's it probably going to be released like in two weeks. Yeah, it's probably going to come to Disney Plus. That's what I'm guessing. They're probably going to try to wait it out and, and they're trying to see it. While that movie looked looks great, and I'm still excited to see it whenever it is released, it was probably never going to be a huge box office hit. No, so I never. Could, I could see them releasing that on Disney Plus. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's not gonna be a huge blockbuster like oh we're talking Oscars here, yeah. but I I was thinking it's gonna be like a fun movie that aesthetically is gonna be amazing. I I do think like aesthetically it's gonna be crazy considering what the concept is and you know it's Ryan Reynolds so you know it's gonna be funny. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm I mean it's just it's just weird stuff being taken off the release schedule. But you know let's transition from that to something they did release on uh, Disney Plus and that's Mulan. It's actually going to be releasing on Blu-ray here in here in a week or so. Um, recent numbers, I don't know if it if, if it was because it started uh, being able to stream on other platforms other than Disney Plus. But initially, we were looking at that movie as a huge loss, which is it's of course still going to be a loss. But now everything that I that I read says that it's it's made over a hundred million dollars on streaming. Which for a streaming film, that's that's nothing. If it if we released in the movie theaters and did over a hundred million. For the budget, it would have been a flop. But considering everything, that's pretty big. What do you think about it? Well, do you remember off the top of your head what the budget was for this movie? Because as you mentioned, one hundred million dollars nowadays in movies are, is not that great considering whatever the budget is on streaming. I don't care what the budget is, one hundred million dollars on streaming that that's that's a damn good thing, especially during these type of times. But I think it, it plays a large part to the exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it's it's a lot of different streams now. But um, I'm not. What was the budget? You know, budget was two hundred million. How much did, did how much did they do in the box office? Box office was right under uh 102 million total. That's that's international. So at this point they've broken even. Um no, well, bro. you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it cost 200 million to make, right? Yeah, 200 million to make. They made 100 million, so Right. They did 100 million on streaming plus they did 100 in box office, right? There was no borrow. It didn't come to oh yeah no, 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 i forgot they went yeah. straight to so u.s box right, office right, right, i'm right. giving you the streaming numbers yeah right my bad my bad my, that, i forgot there was never any that was a whole that was a whole news yeah. it, it, it never um got a wide release but yeah so they're definitely losing money on this but at least they're able to recuperate some of the shit it's not as bad as it was yeah and then i mean we never talk Plus about dvd sales or well, not dvd but fucking uh blu-ray sales blu-ray and all this sales, shit like yeah what well, th- 
over the life, they're going to make this back because the movie wasn't that yeah. bad. It's completely different than the cartoon. Um, but I really think once people get over the shock of Disney Plus trying to charge $30 for it, it's it's going to do pretty well. It's never going to get a sequel. I know that originally they were hoping if it would have released in theaters, it probably would have. But I I don't see this ever getting a sequel. Yeah, I agree. What the fuck did they spend $200 million on is my question. Special effects, bro. Have you seen it yet? I have not, and the reason I haven't, and I was, growing up, I was a huge fan of Mulan. I never saw, like, the, I know they made some sequels off the animated. Mm. I saw the originals, not only one of my favorite Disney movies, but the soundtrack. I mean, um, um, Make a Man Out of You is, like, probably one of my top ten favorite Disney songs, and just based on rumblings that I heard, a lot of the songs were not in the movie. And um, a lot of things I heard, this is one of the bad cases where I try not to do this, where I hear negative things and it leads me to not watch the movie. I'm going to eventually watch the movie at some point, but because of those negative things I heard, it's delayed me doing that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it, it, it It's definitely, if you go in not looking to compare it to the cartoon, you'll probably enjoy it. It's a completely different film. It's more in line with the true story of, of the, of the character Mulan is based off of. So it's kind of, they they went to a a more traditional form of that storytelling than what the, what the Disney princess cartoon was. And I think that's what set a lot of people off. Cause a lot of people don't, don't know that Mulan is actually based off a folktale, like a lot of the Disney princesses. Um, so you know, because of that, I think that's why you saw some of the backlash from it. It's almost no songs in it at all. There's some certain themes of it. You see stuff hummed or whatever, but I think that's what that people like with Lion King. Like people expect a certain. Basically, they want to see a live action of the exact cartoon that they did, and everything right. isn't going to translate that. That's kind of boring in a way. I like the fact that Jungle Jungle Book, for instance, that was a remake, a Disney remake. It was it was a lot different. It wasn't completely the same bones of the story, but it was a lot different than the than the cartoon movie. And I enjoyed it for that. But, you know, people are weird. So, yeah, I mean, most of the things you kind of have to sort of expect that now. I mean, uh, you mentioned Jungle Book, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Lion King, as you mentioned, a lot of these Disney movies, big time Disney movies, they've changed, you know, certain plots and certain things. And so it's just something to expect when you um, expect when you're doing live versus animation, animation, you can literally do whatever you want. But when you're doing live, there's only even with CGI, there's only certain things you can do and certain things that make sense. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's get into our last bit of news before we uh, transition and go into talking about the film that we have today. Johnny Depp uh, being removed from uh, the Harry Potter franchise, Fantastic Beast, um, which is now also delayed to 2022 as they recast that character, um, which is going to be hard because no one plays Depp characters like Johnny Depp can. So it's going to be weird seeing them recast him. But uh, I mean, we all know at this point why he was recast. It did come down uh, that, you know, in the divorce uh, hearings that, they did find that he was verbally and physically abusive to his wife, Amber Heard, soon to be ex-wife. Um, and he has to be removed from a franchise like that's set in the Harry Potter universe. When you think about that, uh, who do you think, can, if anyone, who do you think can be recast uh, as as for, to replace Johnny Depp? I'm the absolute wrong person to ask this question, considering I've never seen even one movie of Harry Potter, period. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's Johnny Depp, bro. Like, you know, he plays the quirky characters. So, like, who do you think can do it? All Johnny Depp characters, while they all have different quirks, you know, they're quirky. So who do you can who can you see 
fitting in there? Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's weird because um, the character that he plays in that franchise uh, originally in the very first one was actually played by Colin Farrell. It was him in disguise. So oh, really? just bring Colin Farrell back and just say he, he's wearing that disguise from now on is almost what I can think about. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, well, and Colin Farrell now, like on a serious note, he can play right up, right up the alley of a, a character that Johnny Depp plays, whatever the character that may be. They have, while Johnny Depp obviously is in a different league than than um, than uh, Colin. Let's let's be realistic mm-hmm. here. He's still sort of in that same lane, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I guess we'll see um, who, who they're going to recast. It, it just. You know, we and we've said this on My Brother's Keeper where we kind of talked about this as well. But I want to make sure that people are here because I don't think th- people think we're dancing around it. We are completely in 100 percent against any type of physical abuse against a woman here at, here, here at the film frequency. Um, we just went into detail on that side of it on My Brother's Keeper. So we're going to try to keep it on the film side here. So if you want to hear our opinions on there, go listen to My Brother's Keeper. Uh, search it in all your – that's me and JB's other podcasts we do together to, for, to get our opinions on the actual – the allegations against him. We're trying to keep it light here and on film here. Uh, so that's where we stand on that. Uh, JB, I guess there's – if you don't have any other news, you want to go ahead and transition into talking about this movie? Let's do it, bro. Get the hashtag ready. <laughs> All right, so that should have been a bit of the trailer for Hashtag Alive, which um, I don't know if you knew this or not, bro. So this movie is actually, there's an American version of this as well. I forgot the title of it. And it was actually in this, it isn't one of those cases of Americans stealing a Korean movie's idea or just remaking it. It was actually developed at the same time by the same producers and writers of of Hashtag Alive. So, um so it, it, it what it, it's some respect paid there it's a completely not completely different movies the premise is still the same but a lot of the themes and stuff are different um but uh anyway let's focus on this movie this uh, again another korean film which i really think we're gonna get like netflix bought this up and, and is streaming it we're gonna get more more of these gems over here overall what did you think about the movie yeah just real quick to uh real quick to touch on netflix netflix is bringing more of just foreign movies, period, because yeah. 
they're bringing Korean, they're bringing Chinese. Uh, a lot of French movies I've seen have been added, mm-hmm. and also like you know my Spanish movies? my yeah right Spanish movies. My um, ancestry, like you know, years and years and years back, are from India, and in India they have Bollywood, and a shit ton of Bollywood is being released like every month. So um, they're do- it looks like they're making a. a concentrated effort to bring in more international movies, which is always great because if you're not a fan of international movies or don't want to watch because of subtitles, you're missing out because there's so many great international movies. Anyway, hashtag alive. I, I, I like the movie, man. I, I, I like the movie. And, and um, uh, first of all, I'm a big fan of this genre, the, the whole zombie apocalyptic mm-hmm. genre. I've always been a fan of this genre. And um, Coming into this, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to like this because I, I, we've literally, I know, you know, I know the movies you've seen. We've seen so many different types of zombie apocalypse movies. How can they do anything that hasn't been done before? Surprisingly, I feel like we haven't seen too much of, because we had, uh, I think his name was June Wan, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. So we ha- we had him for a large part by himself. Mm-hmm. Most of the movies we've seen, zombie apocalyptic type of movies, there's a crowd or there's a few people. For a large part of the movie, he was by himself. So you got that solo, lonely sort of uh, vibe. So it was cool to see that. Yeah, uh, at least uh, in the first act. There's so there's a couple of things that stand out about this movie for me. The first one is that it's like this is like the castaway set in a zombie apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. And I love that. And like just seeing that first, it was probably the movie's 99 minutes. It's probably a good 30, 35, maybe 40 minutes of him really being alone. Um, Correct. And, and, and I love what they did with that there. I love like seeing him go through the process, like him going through the day. And the, the very first time that he figures out what's going on with these zombies, he's seen it on news first. And then one of his neighbors comes in the house looking for refuge. And he sees that the neighbor's bit on the neck. And the guy's like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But then the way that they showed the transformation into a zombie in this was it, it looked the right amount of creepy, brutal, but also scary. It, it was it really set it out. The zombies in this movie look great. The one zombie and I know we're kind of bouncing all around here when he's actually he leaves his apartment and, and he's the, it, it doesn't have any eyes and has like this white face or whatever looked fucking amazing, bro. Yeah, I mean, we're fans of Walking Dead and many other movies like this, and I feel like this movie, the turn, in most other movies and TV shows, when the turn happens, it's sort of like a slow kind of turn Mm -hmm. where, like, they start making some noise and moving. Here, I feel like the turns are aggressive as fuck off rip. Yeah. It was just an aggressive turn where you you, you see a visual difference, you hear a visual, um, you hear a, a, a immediate difference. So, um, but again, that's a positive. I like the way the turn was done. So that's another thing that sort of separ- separates this movie from the others in the genre. Yeah, and then go ahead. and then sorry, uh, and then to go from um to to set the tone because we kind of just jumped into this. So this movie. Starts off with with Jun Hu or or whoa or however you say it. I, I I'm terrible with Korean names, which I love Korean movies. Um, we see him start off this day, and he's playing a video game. He's live streaming. Um, and his family is out. He sees the news, and he sees this zombie thing, and it breaks down with this neighbor that we see. But a different. Uh, what I love about this too, and you tell me how you feel about this, because I also watched the American version, which is titled Alone. This is Awake. That one's Alone. Um. And, Why do I feel like I've seen that? Okay, anyway, continue. Uh, but what they, the the fact that they are able without him ever really 
being like a lot of movies like this would show flashbacks of him with his family to establish that connection. They don't really do that here, but you, but you can see that he loves his fucking family. Like I love how they're able to convey that and that sorrow he goes through when he gets the voicemail from his family and hears them being murdered or, or turned or whatever into zombies is fucking heartbreaking. What do you think, bro? So it's crazy that you talked about this because I actually wanted to bring this up mm-hmm. in watching the movie. You and I have said multiple times while reviewing movies, sometimes movies do a really bad job of giving you backstory of your main character mm-hmm. to the point where you're not sympathetic or empathetic towards them. And when you don't have a connection with the character, you really don't give a shit what happens to the character throughout That's the rest fact. of the movie. And it's sort of a disconnect. However, while I was watching this movie, we didn't get any backstory at all. But it was crazy because I still felt a connection with this dude. Yeah. And I that's the one thing I really love about zombie movies. I, I get you I, I can't I can't say we can relate because that's stupid. We've never been in a, a zombie apocalypse. But you can relate to the fact that here's a guy who is in a really fucked up situation and doesn't know what he's going to do. You can relate like, hey, man, if I was in this situation, I would be feeling and doing a lot of the things he were do- he's doing as well. So even though you've never lived through it, mm. you can still quite, kind of relate in that way. But immediately I felt there was a connect. I felt sympathy towards him, even though there was no backstory. So they did a tremendous job in, in garnering that with very little backstory. Other than the phone call that you mentioned and, and a couple other things here and there, you were immediately gravitated to the character, which I think was was a good job on their end. And the, and that's the thing that's the biggest difference between this and the American version. Again, I, I know I'm talking about it and you haven't seen it, but I just because I know I know people may go and, and say, oh, well, there's an American version. Let me go and watch that. The biggest difference is that that fit that feeling of him being attached to his family you never get in that film and this is what i want to go back to korean film specifically they are so good at conveying emotion and having you in the characters minds that it's 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 uncanny and this is some like i i used to hate reading subtitled movies now they do have a version of this movie where it is dubbed and, and it's actually american voices over the characters but i i didn't want to do that because there's something about hearing the way that those actors convey the emotion and even if you can't understand the language and you're reading subtitles you can uh, you can get a sad tone of the way that they deliver their lines and when he's talking about his like it was heartbreaking heartbreaking to hear him um hear his family being eaten by zombies and then that gets into the where the where the 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 tone of the movie kind of switches because the, after that happens he does try to commit suicide and then somebody from the other side named uh, Kim Yo we don't know that at the time shines the light in there and it immediately gives him some type of hope and he's fighting to break down he was he was about to uh, to hang himself and once he sees that he's like oh no let, let me let me get off this and again that you you follow that emotional shift with him because we're, we've been now in this kind of isolation with him that the moment that some hope shines, it makes you shine through as well. Like It does such a great job. Go ahead, JB. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like when you see like, oh, he's he's choosing not to kill himself and there is some hope. You kind of want to like sort of sit there and clap uh, along with him and like, yeah, yeah, like he, he has new life and, and like, you know, there's more to live to because and when you're doing that. 
that's the director and that's the dialogue and that's the acting doing the thing. I know I'm repeating it, but doing their job right because mm-hmm. that should be the point. The point of every single film ever made, I don't care what genre it is, is to have the audience connect to the characters because if that mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, it's really hard to enjoy a movie. So the fact that they were able to do that again, it, it was great. And um, yeah, let's we can get into a little bit more. That's sort of the beginning um, so of this, the movie. This movie's clearly three acts, right? It's the act of him Correct. being alone. And going through right. that isolation and depression, the idea of hope when he meets Kim Yo's character, and then the third act is them getting ultimately to the conclusion of this movie, which we'll talk about. I don't want to kind of give too much away now. So we talked a lot about that first act. We didn't talk too much about um, like him going through food and batteries, and he has this drone that he uses, and it sets up a lot of things that are that come come later in the in the act. So once him and and Kim Yo kind of connect and and she lets him know that she's over there across across the way or whatever he works to um send her a walkie-talkie but before that before we even get into that again something that i love about the zombies here so kim yo has the zip line hanging from her her balcony and there's a zombie walking and he kind of starts pulling on it and realizes hey i can climb up here what did you think about them the zombies not being super smart zombies but not having some form of of like they're not just dumb zombies walking around like the walking dead like for example walking dead if you close zombies in a room they're going to stay in that room forever we we saw early on in this movie the zombies start trying to move the doorknob so we knew that there was some form of of cognitation there but then to see a zombie go through this whole process of oh i can pull this string down and i can climb up to this balcony to get hopefully some food that's up the a woman that's up there what do you think about that yeah, I think that adds another layer to the film, actually, because, again, we've seen thousands of zombie movies, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've seen zombies this, in- I don't know if intelligent is the right word to use, but mm-hmm. that they're on a different level, because now they're like, they're like in between a human and a zombie, like, yeah. they, they have that that level to where, like you said, they can turn knobs, and they can do different things, and sort of have a mind of their own, rather than just kind of moving slowly and and that's another thing you know you, you see zombies kind of moving slowly whereas these guys are more f- kind of quick pace and just yeah. smarter so again that was a, that was another plus and just another thing I, I forgot to mention when we were just talking the whole overall of the film this movie when you go and watch it the movie is very simple mm-hmm. but in a good way i don't know what the budget was i can't imagine the budget being anything huge um i tried to look it but i couldn't find it at any rate though the simplicity is one of the things I really like about this film because you sometimes you see people do too much mm-hmm. and it takes away from the overall movie. But with this, I think they did just enough to make it a lot of it was sort of you kind of connecting the dots and just I, I it could have this literally could have been done sort of like on a on a in certain certain sh- ways and certain scenes on literally like a, a, a handheld camera. Yeah. It, it felt kind of that way, especially a lot of the scenes when uh, when uh, he was by himself. Yeah. So, again, just so many positives. And don't get me wrong, there were some negatives. Like, yeah. I believe the second act, which we'll get into, um, I'll throw that to you in a second. I think the second act of all three acts are the weakest. Okay. My favorite was probably the third act. The second act, I felt, even though this movie's not that long, I felt like a lot of it was sort of predictable and a lot of it was, I felt like, just not moving along mm-hmm. i could be I, I don't know how you feel what are your thoughts on that so okay let's see what we're both defining as the second act i'm kind of defining the second act as the moment him and kim yo 
basically acknowledge that they're there. Is that what you is that what you think is the second act? So between that and the the situation, I think the third act starts in the situation with the old man in the house. Uh, we'll get to that. The, the neighbor, the, the neighbor, the, yeah, the uncle, the, the one they call him uncle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with those boundaries. Okay, so I just want I just wanted to make sure that we're in the same place where acts before we talk about it. I would definitely say that the the second act spins the wheels the most because a lot of that could have been done in probably honestly one or two scenes. And that's not to say not just not to completely shit on it. So in the second act we get no, no. we get him and Kim meeting. Uh we get him sending her over the walk well we get the scene with the zombie that we talked about trying to climb up and getting her. Uh him trying to wake her up by using his drone that was shown in the first act. Um and then him sending the walkie talkies. And then where the thing the scene that I, I completely didn't need was the scene with them making noodles together, having a date, so to so to say. It was it in a movie where the tone tonality of it is so great throughout, that was the one thing that I was like, this it's not bad, but it just it did it felt like it was lifted from another movie. Yeah, I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to show connection between yeah. these two, but in this sort of type of movie, yeah. you don't need romance or anything. The reason why is like, okay, well, they're they're probably trying to answer the question, well, why would he care so much to want to help her and save her? Yeah. It's the end of the freaking world in their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's another human being. Any other person would do – most other people would do that just because it's another human being. Regardless if you have some sort of uh, you know romantic relationship with them or not, mm-hmm. you're just going to try to save them. So I understand why they did it, but this wasn't – it's a totally different feel than like freaking Jack and Rose in Titanic where they have this romance movie around all this disaster that's happening. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. We could have done without that. Um, probably could have shaved a, a few minutes off the movie as well. Uh, I have nothing wrong with the with the uh, the duration movie, and that could also probably be one of the reasons why they inputted some of these scenes. Because if not, this movie could have. I mean, it was like about a, like you said about an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like about an hour and twenty minutes, something like that. When taking out credits and stuff, if they take away some of these other scenes, now you dropped under an hour and twenty minutes, and then that's like a dangerous time. Oh, I I, I guess I can get that. I mean, I, and don't get me wrong, I. They needed a scene to show that they that they are bond that they connected. It's just that scene specifically, like the way, and I guess the way that it that it was pitched together, because he initially sends her the walkie-talkie. Um, we get the conversation where he says stuff to her, and then he he like she's like, "You got to take your finger off the button when I'm talking." Like, and then and he he's like, "Oh, I'm an idiot," and she's like, "I can hear you," and he's like, Dude, "I can't remember what he says," and she's like, "I can still hear you," and it's like, "All right, that went on a little bit too long. I don't think you needed that scene." And the noodle scene. Show one scene with them connecting as humans, him being silly or whatever, and then move the fuck on. Unless the noodle company was paying some hella endorsement money. <sighs> That's definitely, definitely possible. They may have to pay some bills. Um, <laughs> but I do love that he, and then she's like, she wonders if he has cameras there because he's like, if only had some sesame oil to put on top of it. And then she, <laughs> she's actually doing it. And she kind of looks around for a second like, I'm trying to trust him. How creepy is this guy? Um, but then, then everything. As much as we talk about that, everything picks back up. June, uh, June Wo decides to. He wants to go find food. Um, and he goes into his neighbor's in, into his neighbor's uh, house, and that's when the hordes of zombies kind of get onto him. And that's when everything kicks up. Going into the the last act of this movie, what did you think about him? Um, like not really interact well he did interact with the zombies what do you think about that whole thing of him finally venturing out of his apartment and how that breaks down 
I loved it. And to be honest with you, this whole last act mm-hmm. was my favorite. The first act we talked about set the tone yeah. and got you vested. The second one kind of kept you there, albeit like a couple of scenes we mentioned uh, kind of threw you off. Not threw you off, but like could have been without, but it still kept you on that ride. Mm-hmm. And then the third scene just took you to a whole different gear. And um, I completely enjoyed everything, starting with this moment and just everything that we're going to get into of how this movie um, transition from sort of one one issue to another issue to another issue, and I feel like from this moment until the end of the movie, it's just pure anxiety and intensity. And that's for me personally, when I'm watching a film like this, that's that's the feeling I want. Yeah, I want I want to be anxious. I want intensity. I want to be nervous for them. That that's that's how, what I want to feel when I'm watching these type of movies. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know it. It's it, it. It really ramps the fuck up um, yeah. because <laughs> once uh, uh, we get to the point of like him, him and her connecting, and then um, them being on the run from zombies, and then we get this other character that shows up called Uncle, um, who helps <laughs> them, uh, uh, and he saves them from them being attacked because it, it did look bleak, and you know what. Because these are Korean movies. Korean movies are not afraid to end on some dark shit, bro. So <laughs> when ahead. we talk about the when we talk about the roof scene, uh-huh. uh, can we can we can we bring that up? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get to the roof scene. Oh, you wanted to? Okay, so um, we're gonna fast forward a little bit. We're gonna get back to the uncle scene. Okay. But the the roof scene basically. Um, well, let's talk about the uncle scene real let's quick because okay. the uncle scene happened before. So, okay. uh, I, I, as Hayes mentioned, they they meet this guy who they call uncle. Asians, I, I, I'm again being that my great 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 fa- family's from India. Asians just have that respect of calling any elder aunt and uncle. Um, I do till this day. People who I've never met in my life, if they're older than me, I call them aunt or uncle. Anyway, so they they don't know who this guy is, but they call him uncle anyway. Mm-hmm. The guy drugs or I guess you could say drugs them. Their drink. And uh, they both pass out. When they wake up, Kim is inside a room with a zombie in there that's sort of tied up. We find out that, that it's it's uncle's uh, wife who has turned. And he's saying things like, she's hungry, she hasn't eaten for days. And another thing I really love about films is films that can make me think. And, and sort of wonder, like, think movies like Shutter Island and Inception kind of think. But here, I was like, damn, you know what, like... As much fucked up this is, I understand where this guy is coming from. This is his wife he loves. He, And in, in his eyes, it's like her eating dinner. Mm-hmm. He still loves her. And it's so he doesn't realize what he's doing. He doesn't see it. It's sort of clouding his judgment. But is what he's, is what he's doing so wrong? Yeah, it, 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 we could say yes. But there's an argument to be like, no, that's his wife. And he wants to, you know. So movies that make you think like that is sort of crazy. But. Before we move on to the roof scene, what are your thoughts about this whole the whole scene with the uncle and then, you know, June having to save the girl and, you know, that whole process there? So uh, them deciding to repel down from their apartments once they realize it's time to get out. Uh, like I said, it kicks off the shit. Um, as far as the, the scene with uncle, you 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 understand it because in this guy's head, he's. Like you said, he's feeding his wife. Like, and he's even saying she's gone days without eating. She's hungry. What would you do? Mm-hmm. Have you not had to kill anybody during this? Like, he's just he's rationalizing it, and it's not necessarily that he is being like he's being evil. It's not like Negan from The Walking no. Dead. In his mind, he he's doing what he needs to do to help his wife stay alive. Yeah, good husband. And you know, for all yeah. for all he thinks, it's like yeah, she's sick. This is a virus. But if they find a cure, she's still alive. Like maybe they'll find a cure. So. 
it makes you go through all these levels of thinking. And, you know, it's easy when we're watching a film to say, oh, I would never think that I would just shoot my wife in the head if she talked to a zombie. That's no, easy to say. Easy. I guarantee you there's yeah. some people who are listening to this that if they were in this situation, not necessarily saying that they would go out and, and kidnap people to, to feed <laughs> to their wife. But who's to say they wouldn't throw a dog in there? Who's to say they wouldn't find right. like try find, use meat to see if they'll just eat? meat to, to try to keep them alive you don't know what people will go through so it's it's understandable in that point and i definitely thought that there was a chance that this that 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 she was going to die because i in my mind i'm thinking this is john woo's story of him getting over grief what better way if they did kill kim for him to, to for him to to battle through that grief of now losing somebody and and, and still staying motivated so i thought there was a chance there was and that's what is not done in the American version of this too. You never feel that type of tension. And maybe that's just uh, American storytellers have just gotten lazy because I'm telling you every foreign film that I watch, there's a, a foreign film called cadaver on, um, on Netflix. Did me and you talk about that? Yeah, I think I might have. Yeah. I think we see, I don't think we reviewed it, but I think we just talked about yeah, it. We off talked here. about it. It's, um, and that one is like it conveys emotion greatly, and it's a child involved in that. When we just don't get that in American theater anymore, and so it was. It, it, I, I like what they did here. As far as John uh, Jun Woo needing to man up and help save Kim, it was a great hero moment for him because we've seen him now. We've yeah. seen him be alone. He's basically still a kid. I don't know if they ever established how old he's supposed to be. We see him mourn and almost kill himself because of the loss of his family because that's how attached he is. And now this is kind of that moment where it's finally like. All right, he's finally learning that he's gonna have to step the fuck up in this new world. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I thought I I, I love this entire scene. And again, I, I love the entire act. And um, yeah, so like you said, you see June sort of have to to man up. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought Kim was going to die because it kind of tells, like you said, it tells the story of June being by himself yet again. Yeah. Something he was close to losing. He lost his parents. Now he's losing, you know, he uh, he lost his building, his place yeah. where he lives. Now he's losing the, the person that's close to him at this time. Um, but anyway, she survived. Now, at this point, this is, the, this is something I had an issue with in the third act. Okay. I, I don't understand why she wanted him to shoot her. Like, so, and I'm glad you said that because we've agreed so much. That was my favorite scene in this fucking movie. No, no, no. I like the scene, right? Okay. But to me, it's a, a plot hole. Let me explain why. Okay. Uh, maybe plot hole is the wrong word. I love that entire scene, That why they did it, uh-huh. because there's so much emotion there. Yeah. You know? There's so much emotion. Like, she's ready to go, and this is like him saying, like, they're saying their goodbyes. My problem is, what what was the... There was no purpose of that. For me, again, I enjoyed the scene, but... I could understand if she was scratched and she thought she would turn Mm -hmm. or she was bit and she thought she was going to turn. But so you're going to kill yourself for absolutely no reason. Now, I'm thinking inside the character's head. The only thing I can think of is they're like, hey, we're at our end. There's nothing else. There's no food. There's nothing else we can do. We're basically screwed. So I'm assuming that's where their mind is coming from. Even at that point, you've done so much to survive. And now you're just going to end it by shooting you, you, wanting him to shoot you. So in my mind, this is the way that I read that that decision um, was she was long, and even though we didn't get to see much of her story, I imagine she went through the same thing that John Woo went, June Woo went sure. through. So she initially, you know, first couple of days, cell phones and TV and everything's working. Um, she probably was able to stay in touch with her loved ones. Um, and then she lost that. And you got to think she meets this guy and then their spot, both of their apartments get completely blown 
not blown up literally, but as far as like them being safe there, they they lose right. that safety. That's why they originally go out. So then they go out. They almost die. Somebody saves them, so that brings up hope again. And then she loses hope because the same person who saved them that probably made her think, okay, we can make it through this now that we're no longer in our apartments, tries to feed her to, and then it's like, <laughs> damn. So if, even if we leave, now we got to deal with, like, not only zombies. That was probably their first realization that now our threat isn't just going to be zombies. It's going to be crazy people, people too. in this world, too. I don't, I, I don't want to do this. So maybe that's yeah, weird. yeah, and I can see I can see that, but um, I'm not mad that they they showed the scene. Mm. I just thought it was kind of weird, but I, you know, from that point of view, I could definitely see that. And I'm glad that they did it because there was I probably if you if you look at the whole the whole movie, that was probably the most emotional scene in the entire movie. because yeah. you didn't really know what he was going to do. Uh, now now we can kind of talk about the roof scene and and Korean movies, and I've seen. More than probably more than American movies, the next thing I've seen more, um, probably the most of is Bollywood movies, obviously. And then third is Korean movies, and Korean movies are not shy to kill the main character or to fucking kill everybody, they don't give a fuck. And that's Bollywood movies are the same way, and that's something I really respect on both sides because mm-hmm. you really never know how the movie's gonna end. Whereas, like, American movies, like, oh, we know it's gonna have a good ending. Uh, those movies, they don't give a fuck, they'll do what yeah. they'll end it, however, and um. So first of all, I thought she was. First of all, I thought she was gonna die. I thought she was gonna get eaten. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, I thought he was gonna shoot her. Yeah. And then right before he shoots her, they hear helicopters. So now there's that glimmer of hope you were talking about yeah. again. So uh, they decide to leave the apartment. They're, they go through a whole horde of of zombies. They get to the rooftop. When they get to the rooftop, uh, you know he lock, he closes the door with some some ladders that were sort of laying around. And there's no helicopters. The helicopters are gone. There's nothing. Now they're by themselves. Boom. Door breaks open. You got tons of zombies coming after them. In my head, I'm like, this is this is how the I knew there was like maybe a few minutes left in the movie. And I'm like, this is how the movie's gonna end. They're gonna just eat them and boom. And then the movie, no one survives. Yeah. Typical Korean movie. Not that I would think any less if that that's the way it was. Cause I've just got you know grown to expect that from Korean movies, and I have nothing wrong with that. But then you sort of hear hear, you know, you hear some noise and you get the you got the plane coming and then they start shooting the zombies. But at that moment, all I can think about is all the Korean movies I've seen where it had bad endings. I think of even Parasite came to mind where like mm. you saw that beautiful ending. They reconnect with the father, only come to find out like none of that shit ever happened. Yeah. And he was just saying, what if? Yeah. So uh, what were your thoughts on that sort of last scene there on the rooftop? Like you, like you, I thought this shit. Was, there were several times where I thought this movie was going to end dark because they're not just like we on the Train to Busan sequel. We thought that this shit was right. going to end end darkly. Um, I think I, I I like where they went with this. I like the the way that it ended only because, um, it, it ends on hope. Right when you see somebody go through all these different stages in depression, you kind of it, it's kind of good that it ends in hope for these characters. For all we know, the plane crashes and they get terribly eaten by zombies yeah. two weeks later. This fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the beginning of part two <laughs> but uh yeah i, 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 I like I, I liked that the hill here in the helicopter it, it reigniting their their hope and they get through like this fucking situation in which honestly if they would have said if she wouldn't ask him to kill her and they said well you know what let's try to go through the roof they are to the roof or to a different thing and saw those hordes of zombies they would have died but because it, yeah. it, it it triggered that hope in them they were they they were hopeful again and they and they pushed through overall just i enjoy what it did for the characters this is a great character driven zombie movie like people who, if you hear this and you think oh i'm tired of zombies xyz 
you can get just as much like it's set in the zombie apocalypse but it's not about the zombie really it's not about the zombies at all this we don't ever find out why they turned into zombies no one even i don't even think asked the question really it's about the characters and that's what makes this special Right, yeah, they, the the focus is on the characters and the, sto- the you know the characters themselves, very very character driven as you mentioned, and uh, the movie does end where they show like, even though they don't show what happens, you you know already what's gonna happen. They're they're going to be saved. Yeah. It's not gonna be a walking dead situation where like zombies are taking over and this is the end of the world. They're going to be saved because they start showing in each home like who the survivors are, and you hear the radio broadcast saying like, "Oh, we're sending in people." And what I, I would, according to what the broadcast said, was this is a was a very isolated situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't spread across the city or spread across the state or the country or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It was literally like in that neighborhood, yeah. which is really odd. But that's fine with me. So. I think they've they, they've sort of killed any any sequels to this, which is fine. These movies don't really need sequels, to be quite honest with you. But overall, I mean, we'll get we can get into the overall uh, thoughts on this. But just overall, I, I really really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the dialogue, even though it's foreign. Uh, the cinematography. I mean, the atmosphere. Everything. I I enjoyed. I enjoyed and. We've got we've reviewed some pretty, some pretty shit in the last couple of weeks, yeah. so it w- this is refreshing for me. It definitely was. It definitely was, and I think what <laughs> here goes my before we get into like overall ratings, bro. Should this have been the the Train to Busan sequel? So here's one thing I wanted to ask you before uh-huh. I answer that question. I want you to answer this question for me: Train to Busan, Peninsula, hashtag alive. Rate in order best to worst. Train to Busan's best, then this, and then Peninsula. Third. 100% me. So my answer to your question is, yes, this should have been the sequel. Peninsula was fucking bad, man. It was everything that people loved about Train to Busan. I don't want to make this about Train to Busan, but everything people loved about Train to Busan, every aspect, they literally said, we're not using any of that in, in Peninsula. Whereas this, I think, would have been the perfect sequel to Train to Busan. Like literally perfect sequel to yeah. Train to Busan, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this is uh, I, I, while it's not on Train to Busan's level, just a notch down. It's way better, way better than Peninsula. It's it's not even this. This is so far above Peninsula. It it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, and the funny thing is, is that it's very similar to Train to Busan in the sense that that was. That was more about the zombies than this was necessarily, but it was still very character driven and the emo- emotional. Like the the emotions had you in this just as much as Train to Busan. Peninsula, I didn't feel emotionally connected to any. Maybe the daughter, but that's about it. Yeah, I think possibly, and I, I could be stretching here, but if you take away the pregnant lady and you take away the little girl in Train to Busan. Hashtag Alive would rival it. I think the reason why we're so connected to to Train to Busan is the little girl. We feel so much sympathy for her. And also the pregnant wife. She's pregnant. She lost her husband. She's pregnant. Those two characters play a lot. And also the dad because the dad – I'm not a father, but you're a father. You know how much you go to protect your kids. And all he's literally trying to do this whole movie is protect his daughter. So I think those things – um, this is the opposite of that. This is not, they're not, they're not kids. They don't have kids They're For the most part, he's by himself. And then he finds another person to sort of help protect. So while it's a completely different movie than trade to Busan, the intensity is still there. Um, the, and all, all of the, the, the key components to a good film are there. Um, so yeah, 
I would have preferred this to be, you know, the, the, the actual sequel, but it is what it is. And all I can say again, for those of you who are not fans of international movies or Korean movies, give it a chance. You don't realize a lot of movies that we see, the original was a, 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 either a Japanese or a Korean movie and Americans re, remade it like so many great Korean Japanese movies. Just check them out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Our final ratings for this, bro. What are we giving it? I don't know. You may be surprised at this rating, but I'm going to go ahead and give this maybe a seven to seven and a quarter out of ten. Oh, I'm surprised it's not higher. Nah, maybe a seven and a half. Um, yeah, man, I can't, I can't, I can't give it an eight and a half, a nine. I, I just can't. Um, if I, if I really stretch, really think about it, yeah, man, I, I, I probably would give it a seven and a half. That, that would be my score, so seven and a half out of ten. So that is the last movie that we reviewed was the Autopsy of Jane Doe. So I think that's the same rating you gave for that movie. So you're, you're no, I gave, I gave Jane Doe six and a half. Six and a half. Okay, okay. Yeah. So if that was a six and a half, I can see why this would be a full point above that. So okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah I, I can uh, it, with your. I'm trying. I'm just trying to put it in the. In the frame of not to to compare, be like, well, you gave this, and I'm not doing that. Just to, no, no, no. Just to, just to compare it against, like, see what other sure. what what else you've rated in that area. Um, yeah, but for me, it's a for me, it's a solid. See, that's the thing. I feel like, and it's such a difference between, and mentally for me, between getting something a seven and a half and an eight, like that's a huge jump for me for some, even though it's a half a point, because I think like eight, because I already said it's probably never going to be anything to give it get a ten for me. It would be hard as hell to get a 10 for me. Right. But once you get into that eight, eight and a half region, you start getting into, into excellence at that point. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, how many times would you, I think it's fair to say we would both rewatch. First of all, we would both yeah. rewatch this movie, correct? Yeah, for sure. How many times do you think you could rewatch this movie? Like over what time, what time frame are you giving me? Like, I mean, we're talking about you, over life. I'm probably going to, I'm easily probably going to, I say, watch this movie Probably another five times over the next couple. Of years. So, like, let's say a year down the road, you're flicking channels and it's on. Would you watch it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. See, that's the thing. I would definitely, I would definitely watch it if it's on TV. I would watch it. Mm. But here's like for my ratings, when it gets into that eight and higher, not only would I rewatch this movie again if it's on TV, but if it's eight and higher, I would go out of my way to actually search. Look it up and watch the movie. Like mm-hmm. I want to watch, not because it's on TV, but because I'm searching to watch it. Yeah. And I don't think I would search to watch this again. As good as it is, I would watch if it's on TV. Every time it's on TV, I'll, if I come across it, I'll watch mm-hmm. it no problem till the end. But to go out of my way and search and watch it, no. And that's why it's like seven and a half, and not necessarily eight. See, and I guess I guess I like that because for me too. Let me not say that I won't ever, but. If I'm scrolling through like Netflix, because this is on Netflix for something to watch, right, right, and I'm and it just comes through as I'm going through. It's like, oh yeah, I watch it live. So yeah, it's very similar to that for me too. But I, I so, and I I like to just give half. I'm gonna rate it a seven and a half, but ideally I would like to rate it a seven point seven five. But I don't want to make our rating system all convoluted like that. So definitely it's Fuck a seven. That. And a half it's our rating system. You want to give it a seven? <laughs> you want to give it a seven point seven two? Do you seven point seven five then? Because it's almost a honestly. I think if that that sec if if something in that second act would have been a little bit better would have easily been an eight for me. But because that's like it just so, feels like filler to me. It, it's what's keeping it from getting that eight level. So definitely seven seven point seven five. Uh, but definitely a movie that I would say anyone who's a uh, uh, a zombie fan you should probably watch it. Anyone 100%. who who is is searching for Korean horror films or Korean films in general you should definitely watch it. Um, 100%. And just if you like character driven dramas and that 
the subtitles aren't going to bother you, you should definitely watch it. So there, there you go. Hundred percent. So uh, let, me, let me ask you another question, question before we go into the close here. Um, and I know this is going to sound like a fucked up question, but okay. I, 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 I'm a serious question. If they would have died on that rooftop, both of them died. Would that have ch- changed your rating at all? Because for me, I felt like that would have took me to 7.75, maybe even an 8. Man, no, not an 8, but definitely a 7.75. It would have definitely, ta- it would have not, it wouldn't hurt it negatively. I don't know if it would have been but, enough to push it to likewise. 8, but it wouldn't have hurt it at all. Only because, shit, real, life sucks. And everything yeah. doesn't end in with the perfect ending. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't like, like I said, if we, I would have not been surprised if they got in that helicopter and as it's lifting up, a zombie pulls June Woe out of it and it's just, that's how it ends. Like, so typical, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also, I, I had made a note of this and I just wanted to sort of read it because um, I came across it on IMDb. And basically it says, this is the first film that made the biggest opening and surpassed 1 million viewers at the South Korean box office since COVID-19 in February. Yeah. It was it was top of the box office for three weeks, 21 days, and it achieved the top rank in video on-demand sales for over a month. And um, when you look at all the stuff that came out, Train to Busan, um, uh, Peninsula, Steel Rain 2 is another Korean movie, Deliver Us from Evil, and everything else going from the beginning of the pandemic, this has been... Korea's biggest movie since the pandemic, basically for 2020. Damn. Well, it's crazy. It is crazy, but you know what? More power to it. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, it deserves it. It honestly deserves it. It, This is a great film. Um, Too bad the American remake. And it's funny because I think this this film debuted on Netflix like a week after debuted in the Korean box office. That's how quick they were to snatch this up. Um, and then, September, right? Yeah, September, and then the and then the remake, uh, alive. No, this one's alive. Alone is the American uh, American version. I don't know when that came out, but again, because it was it was developed at the same time as this one. Um, it's fucking crazy, bro. Like it's a really really good good film. I wouldn't mind seeing another one set in this universe at all. I wouldn't I wouldn't picking up with these characters left off. Like I I, I wouldn't mind it. I don't know what they could do. I just worry that like the Train to Busan sequel, they would try to make it action after that and you know, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't mind. And the thing is, these movies are kind of, sort of um, they're really easy to make because there's not a lot behind it. Like I mentioned earlier, it's very simple. But um, if it, if it's character driven and you tell a good story, it'll be a success. That just goes to show, if you have a good character driven film, it'll do well. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it, bro. That's it. That's we got nothing left. I don't know what's next on our radar. We we made. Oh. Well, go ahead. Well, we were talking off air, and and I was just looking. We'll talk a little bit more off air, but um, I really believe the next movie we're gonna do is probably gonna end up being freaky. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot we did say that next movie we do will be freaky because I'm really looking forward to that one. So that'll be. The everyone's movie like, next. everyone's like, wait, they're doing a freaky movie? Like, what are you doing? No. Debbie does Dallas? No, the movie's actually called Freaky. <laughs> yeah, the movie's actually. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. It's a horror take on the Freaky Friday concept. Um, so yeah, I, 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 especially Vince Vaughn. Like I fucking love bro, I, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn and Paul Rudd are two people that almost anything they do, I'm gonna at least check out. I'm not guaranteed. I don't. I haven't liked everything they do, but I'll at least check it out because they're two people who, just in the way that they deliver characters, I'm usually all there for. Wait, is Paul Rudd in this as well? No, no. I'm just saying that. Paul, oh, I'm just okay. Comparing just saying, Paul right. Rudd. I know Vince yeah, Vaughn is yeah. sure. And um, for those of you who love um uh, 
Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. It's the same writer and um, as yeah, Happy right. Death Day yeah. and director, right? So um, I think this should be a fun one. Absolutely. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, definitely. And then the week after that, I have an idea, but I won't say it on air because I want to talk to Hayes first. But um, I do have an idea for the week after that. Right, so we'll, we'll see. see about that. Well, this has been another episode of the Phil Frequency. JB, go and give me your social media. Let's get the fuck up out of here. I can reach, be reached on Twitter at the P... At, wait, my whole shit got fucked up. I can be reached <laughs> on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. And uh, yeah, go ahead and at me. And I, you know what, you bastard? Because I remember when you started giving your Facebook shit out. And I was like, I don't want people to follow me on Facebook. I think Has anybody followed you from this podcast? Because I think they find me through you. Because I re- one day I got like five ads. And they were all people who were friends with you. I'm like, this, the, this motherfucker. <laughs> they do. And like... um. I don't want to say this in a wrong way, uh-huh. but I almost wish I had a separate Facebook account. Um, nothing again. I love all of our listeners, obviously, uh-huh. but my Facebook is like my personal Facebook as well. Uh-huh. And I'd be getting these random friend requests, which I, I love. And it's like ad. And then like 20 seconds later, it's like, oh, what's your favorite movie? Or like, you know, yeah. or you'll see them in the group chat. I'm like, oh, that's that dude or that's that girl that added me or whatever. So it's nice to see that the community is growing, which I love seeing. And um, we probably have to do a little bit better job of, of being active there. Yeah. Um, it's sort of taking a life on its own where we're not really there as much, but the posts still are coming in from our listeners. So I pr- definitely appreciate everyone's support in there. But yeah, um, you know, we're getting, um, you know, new listeners and engagement all the time. So it's great to see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely make sure you go and check out the Facebook group, the Film Frequency Podcast on on Facebook. It's it's a great place to have discussion. Like, honestly, I know I'm not I haven't been there as much as I was when we initially started it, um, because I think when we first started the Facebook group, it was like COVID. So I had nothing but time. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just it's good to see that people are in there just having conversations about film and there's never any drama at all like that it's not a toxic place at all so if you're looking for a place to discuss film and tv and not have to worry about the toxic shit that is the place to go and i'm not just saying it because it's our group because i just see it and it's it's been great um but you can follow us collectively at the film rose pod uh well you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency pod at gmail.com you can follow us at the film bros on uh twitter uh that's about it you can follow me personally at ceo hayes at ceo h-a-i-z-e that's it. We're out this bitch. Peace. Peace.